Blog Talk Radio. It's March 10th, 2019. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show, where progressives for change present opinions and matter. Tonight, we're joined by co-host Jeff Brown and a special guest. I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Please, remember, good leadership is never about power and control, but rather for the honor and the privilege of serving the members and the interests of the membership that you represent. We hope that everyone stayed safe this past week and that you are enjoying the longer daylight this evening uh, as the time has changed for summer. Let me bring on Jeff here if I can real quick. Uh, Hopefully we have Jeff not here yet, but he's coming, I'm thinking. Uh, so, well, let's start with the announcements, and we'll wait on on Jeff. Let's see. Alrighty, we can move that over. Sorry about that. Okay, Jeff's not here yet, but he's coming because we talked just about an hour ago. So, um, first announcement, Working for a Living radio show continues to support Medicare for everyone. Uh, There was a congresswoman that came on and debunked all of the the bad things about that and hypocrisy hypocrisy about it, and uh, we uh, kind of supported that. Uh, She's done a nice job there regarding that issue. Um, The uh, second announcement is Working for a Living show continues to support the end of corporations being considered legal citizens. Working for 11 vehemently opposes General Motors' November 26 decision and admonishes them to reverse that ill-conceived decision immediately. A lot of people working on that, including you'll see here in a minute, Congress. Uh, the uh, UAW continues to support the International Union uh, to urge a boycott of Mexico-built Chevy Blazer. Okay, due to the world's Uh, cyclical economy reality, and the 2015 Detroit 3 contracts, Working for a Living, encourages all Detroit 3 retirees to immediately establish other streams of income sufficient enough to replace your current pension monies. Remember, if the pension funds fall below 80%, they get cut by half, and more if it falls even more. So... Uh, March 6th, my state-line newspaper in Belvedere, Illinois, reported loss of Belvedere Chrysler jobs could create a $466 million crater in the local economy. On March 6th, this is announcement number 7, uh, the last cruise went down the line in Lordstown. Many, many very sad people about that, including myself. I live to watch it open, and I live to watch this closing occur. Hopefully, they'll get a new product in the future. We'll see. We have some thoughts on all of that, but not for tonight's show. Uh, we've been, we as a team have been discussing this. Uh, March 7th, the last Ford Taurus rolled off the line in Chicago. I believe they have new product coming in. March 7th, local union president Dave... Uh, 1112, President David Green, uh, with the support of his membership, organized a large human wheel, symbolic of the 
UAW Solidarity Wheel in front of Local Union 1112, and the New York Times flew a helicopter over for a photo opportunity. That was very, very nice. I tell you, I just, just, I mean, a lot of things brought tears to my eyes this week, and that was one of them. Uh, So uh, we've got two more, and then we'll bring Jeff on here. March 8th was Blue Shirt Day in honor of the 52 years of Lordstown, and at 3 p.m., and the workers, and at 3 p.m., the entire uh, area churches tolled their bells in honor of the workers at Lordstown. Very nice thing. I watched uh, several of those churches' bells be, be rung, and it was just amazing. I wasn't personally there, but I saw the video, so I'm sure some of you did as well. Uh, just, you know, really what's happening to our country is just wrong. We need to get fixed, you know. Uh, March 8th, uh, the Communication Workers of America and United Auto Workers sent a letter to the members of the House Representative Ways and Means Committee about the outsourcing of work to other countries by companies and corporations in the United States. That's uh, similar to what we've done with the letter about treason. We didn't send it to Ways and Means, but perhaps we'll consider that. Thank you for that idea. It's kind of nice to see uh, other ideas uh, similar to what we've put out there. Thank you very much for doing that, UAW leadership. Uh, When you're right, we'll have to tell you you're right, and thank you for that. That's not praise, necessarily. That's just acknowledgement. Okay, let's bring Jeff on here. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? Yeah, it's been one of those days, Leroy. I'm okay. Okay, good. You're doing okay, right? How was your week? I'm busy. Busy? Running around here, running around there. Kind of tiring. I was trying to get some exercise in, so I was able to do some of that, some walking in. That was a good thing. Well, that's nice. I've been... I've been walking uh, quite a bit lately myself. Uh, I'm just, you know, summer's coming, and you want to be in good shape for summer, so we've got to uh, make sure that uh, that's occurring in my life at least. So um, anything else going on in your life, around your neighborhood at all? Um, no. I'm just waiting for the warmer weather to come back in and, so we can all go outside and enjoy it a little bit. Yeah. Everybody's getting cabin fever. Yeah, I know that. Everybody's got it. <laughs> like everybody's talking about having they've had an awful winter. It's supposed to be I understand Thursday. It's supposed to be sixty degrees, so here in Michigan, so that'd be nice. So. Well, uh you wanna take that first email uh, that we received? That was the very first one that we got this week. Uh, okay. You got you got that you want me to right. First first email, Jeff. Message and email. Say starts with a. Yeah okay. I just yeah. now finished listening to yesterday's show, and it was a great one. Great discussion between you guys, and I gotta say that I agree with Tom that GM intentionally killed the crews. The name was held. I agree too. I, th- I think GM 
did that on purpose. Yeah, sure they did. Yeah, sure. There's there's other other plans there. We'll we'll get into that on another show, but we don't know what those mm-hmm. plans are. But there's a lot of speculation, and there is uh, substantial uh, evidence, as you might say, that uh, as you look at the bigger picture and really take into consideration the possibilities. Uh, that might occur. We'll we'll just see, but we don't want to get too far out in front of that because uh, you know let's let everybody um, you know make their own uh, bed there, and then we'll see what what comes out of it. And GM's obviously running that because they're in charge, you know. So yeah. Uh, second second email. Uh, some of the we got three pretty long ones today, so. Um, uh, I'm sure thankful, thankful for you guys, even though you're retired and could spend your time on other endeavors here, or are here, uh, leading the charge and standing up for a m- membership that hasn't been through the trenches of strikes and corporate bullying that is currently taking place, like you have been through that. That's implicit there. Uh, though, uh, through you guys, I can see that un- what the union once was. In your discussions, I can hear a brotherhood and a bond that seems to be fading away in our current membership. I'd love to see it like that once again. I'd like to- I'd love to see that like that once again, someday soon. I just want to sincerely thank you guys. No matter what comes of this, it's great to see that. You guys are still involved in teaching us younger guys the definition of union brothers. And that name withheld. Uh, and then Jeff, you want to take that next one? But this was actually posted on on uh, some of the pages, and uh, it's a prayer that one of our uh, good friends writes nearly every year. It's a little bit redacted here, but it's, it's only one little couple. One sentence was seem to be duplicated here. So, Jeff, if you want to read that, I think it really goes to everything that's going to happen next week. Would you please? Sure. Good morning. When I woke up at 3 a.m. in the morning without an alarm clock, I know that God has something to say to me or something for me to meditate and pray on. My prayer focus this morning is on the upcoming UAW Special Bargaining Convention in Detroit, Michigan, this week. I pray for safe travels for all who will be attending the convention. I pray that the voices from every sector of the UAW to be heard, automotive, aerospace, aerospace agricultural, implement, gaming, ISP, tops, etc., I pray that the issues and concerns of those that could not afford to send an entourage of delegates to the convention are not overshadowed by those who are able to send multiple delegates. I pray that those at the event are allowed to express themselves in this setting without fear of retaliation and re- disruptions from those using clackers or chanting. Lastly, I pray that the leadership just turn that they hear this week from the members, active, retired, permanent, or temporary, respond accordingly to the, at the bargaining table. 
last one. Have a have a great week in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's nice. She, uh, this this uh, member is a sister, and, and we all kind of know if you read the pages who it is. It's very nice, highly educated sister. That's uh, uh, very caring, and she wrote a prayer prior to the uh, Constitutional Convention, and now she's written this prayer going in for the uh, uh, bargaining convention. And this is a serious and somber time. Okay. So I uh, want to thank uh, everybody, all the writers of the emails. It was uh, we, we, we captured all that pretty well uh, this week, and we had a lot of support and, uh, um, you know, thought that we had a lot of brotherhood and camaraderie uh, as I talked to that, I was able to talk to the, the second writer, second writer, the second email, and they were he, that, but that member was uh, very, uh, very, very uh, appreciative of everything that went on at that uh, show last week. So thank you, all the writers. We much appreciate it. <clears throat> okay, this week's definition. Jeff, you want to take the first one? We got a couple this week. Praise, express approval or admiration of support. Well, I'll get to agree with. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. To agree with and give encouragement to something or someone because you want him or her or it to succeed. That's this week's. Right. Praise is an expression or approval or admiration. Okay, at no time last week did you hear admiration from anybody on this radio show of the leadership. But you did hear support, and that's to encourage him, her, or it to succeed. Okay, that's support. It's real important that we support people that are duly elected to be at the bargaining table. They have our lives in their hands and if you don't support them you might not get what you want and management might not give it to them if you don't support them because the other side of this little equation that everybody keeps forgetting is if management sees a weakness in the cracks of our brick organization it will not go well now do we openly and have criticized our international union for things that we believe to be bad and others believe to be bad, and some have been tried and convicted? Absolutely. This is bargaining time. This is bargaining time. So uh, I want to make sure everybody understands that. Bargaining time. These people have our lives in their hands. Every last member. That's not praise. It's not acceptance. It's supporting the bargaining team. Sorry that so many people expressed or seem to express by and through others that that seemed to be their take on last week's show. Clearly, we got emails on this, but we got a couple of phone calls 
that seem to be expressing the view of others. Okay, and want to make sure everybody understands that. Okay, and we'll go through that whole process here in a few minutes. Okay, this week's quote. Uh, oh, this is sort of relative too. Supporting another success won't dampen yours. somebody else's success, especially if it's in your own interest, it won't dampen yours. And the author is unknown. So, oh yeah, we did get one other email. Uh, all right, I'll read this one, Jeff. Uh, Leroy, you switched 360 degrees. 360 degrees on the leadership. Are you being blackmailed? And the answer is simply no. Okay, but I understand federal law in the, in the UAW Constitution. Okay, that I'm obligated to support the bargaining team. Okay, and we all are obligated to support the bargaining team. It says it right in the Constitution. Do not supplant the bargaining team. Okay. They are the duly elected leaders of the bargaining team. And we'll go through that whole election process for everybody so you all understand exactly what's going on. Because a lot of people don't understand this process. We're going to go through it from beginning to end on the show tonight. And then we're going to give you, in addition to that, we're going to give you some of the things that they're going to do or we're going to not be happy with them when it's all said and done. But they're going to do management. is going to do things. I'm going to outline those. Uh, here uh, this evening. We're even going to get into how they're going to pay for them. How about that? Everybody said the pie's so big, we just made it bigger. Watch and see. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's our uh, uh, opening here. Uh, so uh, that's uh, gone on pretty uh, well. We got a lot of praise and we got a little criticism, but we, we share everything here, so that's fine. Uh, and it is about support, not about praise, okay, in any way. Uh, and uh, we're obligated to support the bargaining team because they have our hands, or there are lives in their hands. And if there's a crack that management sees, it's going to be not in our interest because it's going to be more difficult for them to negotiate. We cannot forget that. Okay. So, uh, Jeff, you uh, think you were going to start to talk about the local union elections and what that means to this whole process. Uh, you want to start with that, Joe? Um, yeah, we can start with that. Um Every October, or not every October, every third October, just before spring elections, they have an election for um, the election committee. That committee will then have meet and discuss when and where um, the general elections will be held in the, in the timing. And that they will make a recommendation to the membership, usually around the February local meetings, 
and they'll be approved or denied by the membership. And then they'll have nominations. Nominations at the local level includes everybody in the local. Your president, your vice president, your whole entire executive board, and on the shop floor level, it's your chairman, your bargaining committee, and your district reps. And, um, then the, the, the vote will take place. Um, still, I'm looking for earlier. Go ahead and go on, and I'll find something here. You right? Hello? Hello? Yeah, yeah Jeff. I was screening oh. somebody. I have a call in here in a minute. Oh. Sorry about that. Okay. Uh, so did you get through the uh, the election of the executive board? Uh, yeah, I did. And the, uh, the bargaining committee? Okay. And yep. all the standing committees. All right. And... So mm-hmm. as they get uh, the local union bargaining committee, they're just not there to address your grievances, okay? This should not be a popularity contest. Oh, I like you, so I'll vote for you. You should be voting for them on their skills because they're going to go to local uh, local negotiation bargaining table on your behalf, and they better be pretty good at it. Okay, you better be pretty good at it. Shouldn't just be somebody that just rolled out of bed this morning, had a beer in his hand, and said, "Hey, I, I'll, I'll, you know, I want to run for office, and and I'm going to buy a keg of beer at the next union meeting. I'm going to have everybody, you know, come on out in the parking lot and vote for me." These people have your lives, our lives, in their hands, and they're your local union negotiating team. And again, they deserve your support. You might not like them. You might not like your local negotiating team. You might be mad at them for some reason. They might have done something that you don't like. But this time of the year, every four years now, Three years for locals. Every three years. You or we're in four year contract, aren't we, Jeff? Yes, four year contracts. Right, we're a four year contract, three year election cycles. So for exactly. so every four years they sit down with management at the local union level and negotiate things on your behalf. And the chairman between times, can write an MOU between management and the union, the local union, and get that processed through the system. And that affects you, and you might not even have any say on it. So you damn better well make sure that you have trust and faith and loyalty from your chairperson, man or woman. This is not a game, okay? Now, okay, the next process 
okay, is after the local union elections, and they become your, your chair and your bargaining committee and the chair are your local negotiation team. And then you go on, and next spring, or whenever the, the, the uh, Constitution Convention cycle runs, and it's a four-year cycle now, too, you have the uh, election of delegates to the Constitution Convention and the bargaining convention. They serve both conventions as you elect them. The same people that were there last June at the Constitutional Convention will be there beginning tomorrow. They're here tonight, here in, in Detroit, rather. They're here in Detroit, and they will be the same people at the bargaining convention. Everybody thinks this is a damn big-ass vacation for them. Again, you better make sure these are good, competent people that carry your interest to the bargain to the conventions and are not for sale and are unswayed in the interest of the membership. They were elected a year ago, April, May, in that area. And then, of course, they went to the Constitution Convention. And then last fall, in November, there were resolutions written and turned in to the local unions. And once approved, then they get sent to the International Union. And there's a, from those delegates, there's a resolutions committee appointed. And the resolutions committee goes through all of the resolutions from all the local unions, all of them and they deem which ones have merit and which ones do not. And these are the wishes that will be presented. The ones that they deem with merit will be presented tomorrow. Then after the resolutions are submitted, the sub-councils meet, and they meet quarterly, typically. And they're typically your president your chairperson and any other distinguished shop committee person that they your local deems uh, uh, appropriate, and they get sent to sub-council. Sometimes local unions send a whole shop committee, if they have money to do that, to sub-council. And the sub-council is where the chairman gives a report on his or her particular local union and they go around the room, and everybody gives a report. President might, you know, the local union might have something to say, and then everybody's got the opportunity. And then, at this time of the cycle, four-year cycle, they elect elect the national bargaining team. Okay, that comes from the local unions. It's required by federal law that all contracts are negotiated by the local unions with advice and consent. It has to be that way, and only by the advice and consent of the international union. And later they'll approve, but that's after the, the, the uh, agreement's been uh, uh, reduced to writing. They'll 
vote on it at the International Executive Board, but I'm a little ahead of myself. So then you have the national bargaining team, and they've been meeting for a while. Okay. Just get used to each other. Everybody understands where everybody's coming from, and they kind of got an idea what the resolution been, uh, uh, body of work is, and so they're starting to process all of that. Okay. And now the resolution book has been put together, those things that they deemed worthy, and now it goes to tomorrow. They open the convention, bargaining convention. At the bargaining convention, they'll do some ordinary business of the union because it is convention, but mostly they're going to listen, uh, have read each of the resolutions, and they'll vote on them. They'll vote on the resolutions. And those resolutions, once that, from the convention, once the ones that are approved, will then be delivered to management on the opening of negotiations. And those are the things that you're going to be negotiating for on our behalf. Management's going to have their own wish list. And they're going to be miles and miles apart. And there's a lot of resolutions in this selection cycle, this contract cycle. So as you see, the national negotiating team from Ford, GM, and Chrysler need the support of the membership. And if you don't have the support of the membership, you are not going to get a very good contract. You need the solidarity and support of all the membership. Now, having said that, that doesn't mean that there's not loyal opposition out there, okay, holding everyone in the process to account, okay? That's where you go and you support your positions at the bargaining convention if you want. If you're not elected, you're welcome to attend. Go there and speak to your your own people and speak that went and speak to other people that went and making sure that you carry your message in person or as a group to the convention if you so choose to do so. And I know there's a lot of buses coming in from Flint and all around the Midwest that are coming in to have a presence at the bargaining convention beginning tomorrow. And everybody should have the opportunity to support their position to the delegates as they walk around and also um, to just hold up signs or whatever you want to do peacefully. In the end, they need our support. They have our lives in their hands. Everything about us as a worker or a retiree is in their hands. They've taken a lot of stuff away from us 
over the last three contracts. Retirees have lost over $4,000 in the same time. A month. I'm sorry, a year. That's a year. I I stand corrected. That's a year. $4,000 a year. So a retiree that makes 36000 Oh, yeah, right. It would have been forty. So, um, you know, there's lots of other issues. The temporaries came to be in these last three contracts, and we got to get that back. we got to change some things, and leaderships from our union is going to have to change some things. And there's some things out there that aren't even contractual that they're going to have to change, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. So, Jeff, did I get those right? Did I get from after the local union? We went through the election and the process of the up to this point of the convention. Did I get those pretty right? What do you think? Uh, you did correct. Okay. You were correct on everything you said. Okay. Do you? What is your take on supporting the, the bargaining team? I support the bargaining team. Um, I think there's a lot of apathy out there on the shop floor, seeing how the last three or four contracts we've given up some things. Um, this one's going to be watched very closely. There's a lot of us. A lot of people on the floor are getting ready to retire. And that's going to be an important issue for those with seniority enough to retire in the next couple of years. Uh, I would also like to see the part-timers made full-time and get rid of the uh, two-tier wage system and bring everybody up to the top-tier pay that is currently in place, meaning we don't want the next contract to have top tier at $15 an hour. That's not what we want. We want everybody up to $30 an hour, and that's a start. Everybody needs to, all the tiers need to go away. They just simply need to go away. That's the first thing. Next thing, well, I want to make sure that we got all this this whole process through to the, you know, once they get an agreement, then, you know, the agreement, all every agreement gets sent to the Interna- the International Executive Board for approval. And some of the smaller locals, that gets approved at the regional level, and the bigger contracts with, you know, multiple locations and, and you know, tens of thousands of workers and retirees, uh, they get approved by the International Full Executive Board. Okay. Uh, so but uh, that's that's the process. Now, there's a lot of resolutions out there, but we're going to hit the, the, the high, po- high points. Like Jeff just said, these tears need to go away. It's wrong as rain for you to be working next to somebody making almost double what you're making or, or 50% what you're making. Okay, it's against our constitution for anybody to be a um, um, temporary 
employee, temporary member, temporary membership, more than three months. It's against our Constitution. So temporaries in in compliance with our Constitution need to be no longer than 90 days, just like it once was. So all that language was put in there in in 15 that destroyed that needs to, in, in 11 and 15 that destroyed that needs to go. I guess 7 had some of it in there too. 07, 011, and 2015. That needs to get revert, reversed. That just needs to happen. There needs to be substantial wage increase of more than 2% a year. Okay? More than 2%. Because 2% is just simply the amount that we lose every year in in competitive uh, jobs. And then we need another three on top of that each year. Everybody's going, how are we going to pay for it? How are we going to get that? And it needs to be progressive through the years. You will make way more money, progressive wages increases, than anything else you're offered. Okay? All right? So those are the wage increases that need to be. You got another one, Jeff? Oh, let me think. Well, there's more out there, Leroy. Oh, yeah. We got the retirees. Okay. Retirees. Retirees. Yep. Let's let's get some clawback for the retirees. They've taken Mm -hmm. a lot away. Okay. They can't put any more money into VEBA. And uh, we should reverse all of the pension protection Act of 2006, all of that language that's in our agreement should be removed. And any and all language that says the corporation's relieved from their obligations of the pension should be removed. Any annuity that anybody's considering out there, an annuity is subject to market moves. Subject to market moves. Pay attention to what I said. They can go bankrupt. So if you're going to go out there and be smart about annuity and think you want to put one in to circumvent that law, that's not a bad idea. Get reinsurance. Make sure you buy reinsurance. By the way, you're going to give the, the corporations about a $10 billion bump because everybody's after our pension money. We should get the full benefit of that, and the corporation shouldn't get any, because they've been, in my opinion, siphoning off money out of the pension funds anyhow. They've stayed the same level while the market conditions in the last 10 years, as of the 6th of this this past week, this be the would be the last Wednesday. As of last Wednesday, it's the bull market's 10 years old. 
not sure it's going to stay that way because there's a whole lot of stuff going on this week, not, not the least of which is Brexit vote on Tuesday over in the U.K., and that could go south in a hurry. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, this this uh, this whole everybody's wanting an annuity, you better be smart about it if you're planning on doing that. Last year, one of our team members wrote uh, a resolution, or I guess I wrote it, but they, she got it uh, uh, submitted and uh, approved in her local, and uh, that made the book. It made the uh, approval book for the resolution. So they didn't do an annuity last time based on that. So we asked that they didn't do one, but if they were going to, that they buy reinsurance on it. So pay attention, UAW, to this this little show tonight, okay, you leadership people, because we're going to give you a little kick in the butt here in a minute. All right? You got anything else there, Jeff? Uh, yeah, we need pensions for the new hires. That's just what we I was going to say. Pension. You got it, brother. <laughs> pensions for the new hires and a VIBA of their very own. Uh, yep. Anybody with 11 and a half years less pension should be afforded them. The pension that's leave for the uh, people hired before uh, October 22nd, 2000, uh, 2007, uh, have a pension and VIBA. And those people after that should get a pension and a VIBA. The, the previous, the older one is locked up. You can't just add somebody to that. Uh, you'd have to add uh, the, a new pension plan and a new another VIBA for them in in retirement. Okay, that's a big wish list. But I'm going to tell you something. We're going to pay for it in a minute because it's not all contractual. Some of these things have been done. We're going to make sure that everybody understands that we know that they've been done. Okay. The um, Yeah, so pensions, you know, needs to be adjusted for the current retirees and retiree wannabes are retirees that want to retire uh, and the retirees in waiting. So be clear about this, okay, again. October 22nd, I believe it is, uh, in, uh, 2007, anybody with greater seniority than that are retirees in waiting, right? They're eligible to be in the defined pension plan where they get a, a certain amount every month, and they're re- eligible to be in the, the current VEBA for health care. Those hired after that Unfortunately, the leadership of the past and maybe some of the ones that are there had a hand in it, approved contracts that didn't have pension or health care and retirement for younger people, and that's flat wrong, okay, flat wrong. So um, Four years ago, Dennis Williams talked about the pie. is only so big. But he lied to you. Dennis Williams, I'll look you in the eye and tell you the same, same damn thing. He lied to you. Because a lot of things have transpired since 2015. 
we found out that the Ford CEO had a pension fund of $858 million. Didn't we, Jeff? Yes, we did. And I outed the Ford CEO, Mark Fields, for having an $858 million pension on the Capitol steps of Michigan State House, Capitol Building. Three weeks later, I did that on March 1st. I'm sorry, May 1st of 2017. Three weeks later, on on May 21st, Mark Fields was fired. The only way that Mark Fields could have a pension that's 34 times greater than his highest salary that he worked at, and he only worked 32 years, I think it was, at Ford, is because somebody, well, it's because he had the benefit of what's called dead peasants insurance or, more formally, corporate life insurance. That's been around for a while. Back in the 90s, I think it started to be. And then in 2006, the IRS said that you must have the approval of the retirees, all of them, in order to purchase, for the corporation to purchase corporate life insurance, also known as dead peasants insurance. Now, what dead peasants insurance does is the corporation makes a bunch of money, makes money, and it's called the revenue, okay? And then they have their costs, and then they have their expenses, Costs for the product and expenses for people like us and, and, you know, their own salary people and all the benefit packages. And then they get a profit after that. Okay. Well, from that revenue stream, the corporations have been pulling out a lot of money. There's people that think that that money that was taken out between 1998 in 2009, caused the court bankruptcy of General Motors. I had a high-level General Motors salary person who occasionally golfed in one of the scrambles and stuff that I used to participate in, come to me and say, "People are making money on the GM stock going down. How is that?" I said, "We're selling short." He said, "No." No, it's not been selling short. They're making money on it. GM stock going down. Yeah. Well, if you take money out of the revenue stream and go buy life insurance on the retirees, not our contractual life insurance, this is additional. And I first heard this from my benefit rep back about 2010. He told me about it. Well, dead peasants insurance, he said. I heard it from another brother sometime after that. The way he explained it, it was much different, but it's the same thing. I didn't understand it uh, at the time to be the same thing, but it was. Uh, so I've known about it to the better part of 10 years, maybe 11 or so. I don't know, 10, nine years, getting eight. Uh, so what do you do about it? 
Okay, they they buy that life insurance, and then when the retiree passes, that gets sent to the uh, executive suite pension fund, non-taxed. We didn't get any benefit out of it. The communities didn't get any benefit out of it. Government, obviously not taxed, they didn't get any benefit out of it, right? So this dead peasants insurance has been a leak in our bucket of what the pie is, okay? Now, the only way that Mark Fields could have had a pension fund that high is that somebody authorized on behalf of the retirees, because I don't know a single retiree. Now, pretty much every retiree I run into, I ask, have you ever signed anything or given approval for uh, the corporation to buy life insurance on you for their benefit? And they all say no. They all say no. So the pie is much bigger once you plug that hole in the bucket that goes to life insurance, and then when we die, they, the retirees died, goes for the benefit of the, the, the uh, uh, executive suite. And they divide it up based on their rank, Okay. CEO gets a little more, president gets a little more, a little bit less, everybody else gets a little bit less down to vice president level, I'm told. 65 vice presidents, I think, in the General Motors structure, last I checked. Think about that. And they're all getting this dead peasant insurance every time a retiree dies, and they got a lot of it. I saw... In 2013, I saw the revenue for General Motors said 4.3 billion for auto-related and 18 billion non-auto-related. As it turns out, the stock market went up by 30% in the year 2012, and 30% of the 60 billion dollar pension fund. It's real simple, 30 times, or 3 times 6 is 18. You add some Bs behind it, and that's $18 billion, non-auto-related. So as the pension fund, it is circumstantial evidence, and in my opinion, as the pension fund appreciated by $18 billion, somehow that money was siphoned off by the corporation and put in, in my opinion, to dead peasants insurance because it never showed up in the bottom line. No time did they ever show a $22 billion profit. But think about this, folks. If they had $18 billion that went into their frickin' pension fund, just exactly how much of that is, is immoral and corporate governance violations for their own benefit? Not only are they sending stuff overseas, but the money that's here that should be in the middle class, that should be in the middle class, is being siphoned off by a few greedy people. Billions of dollars. How do you fix that? Okay, Gary Williams, or Gary, Gary Jones, I'm sorry, Gary Jones. My committee man used to be Gary Williams. Gary Jones, it's incumbent upon you, over and above the contract negotiations, 
to rescind any and all authority for corporate life insurance. And that, my brother, will make the pie much greater, much greater, billions greater. And for, for the quarter billion dollars, $250 million, there's a study done on it, they can make every temporary and every person that's a tier two or in progression or uh, uh, just a temporary that's not legacy, they can put them all in legacy for, for a quarter billion dollars. That's about 26 or 7% of Mark Field's pension. Think about it. His pension's three and a half times. From his pension, you could fund the Ford workers who are not legacy workers, the entire bunch for a full for a full year for 250. So from his pension fund, you could fund it three three years, at least three years, maybe three and a half. From his single pension fund. And that's the money we didn't get in 7, 11, and 15. A single person could have funded it for almost an entire contract. It is incumbent. If you have any message to take to the floor the next three days, it's not to the contract at all. You rally around and tell them no more dead peasants insurance with great big stop signs with a line, line through it. European style, international style stop sign. No more dead peasants insurance. And the only way that can be done is if the president of the International UAW, position that I ran for, it is incumbent on that person to rescind any and all authority for corporate life insurance on behalf of the retirees of Ford, GM, and Chrysler, FCA. If there's any message that you take to that convention floor, you tell them you want to pie bigger. That's how we pay for all of this. We can get it all if the corporate leadership stops taking it all. And that can be done with a single signature to each corporation. Be advised, dear corporate leader, CEO, whichever one you want to pick, be advised the UAW has rescinded any and all authority for corporate life insurance on the behalf of our retirees. And the money flows to the bottom line, and the stockholders will be happy, and the government will be happy, and the communities will be happy, because there's a lot more money coming, and won't just go for their boats, their yachts, their, their fancy ranches, and their, their, their $16 million uh, houses up in Bay Harbor, Michigan. I'm sick of it. We're sick of it. So it's not about the contract if you're going to there tomorrow 
Tuesday and Wednesday. If you have a message that you want to get things changed, you petition the president of the UAW to make the pie bigger by stopping corporate life insurance on retirees. That's how we get what we want. And the corporations are going to give us everybody that's tier that's in the tier system that's not legacy, you're going to give them full pay. You're going to give wage increases, 2%, annual improvement factor, AIF, and you're going to give 3% full wage increase. Right out of the chute. Every person that doesn't have a pension, health care, and retirement, that will be established, and there will be money put into that immediately. And I'm telling you, if you don't do it, all hell's going to break loose. All hell's going to break loose. This is what is incumbent on you, the union, leadership, bargaining team, and on General Motors to start being a fair corporation with their workers. And if you don't do it, I'm going to tell you, the seams are going to come unglued. We'll support you to go get it. We'll support you fully to get it. Support, not praise you. Support you. But you're going to get, again, temporaries, all of them go to full. 90 days, no more than 90 days, because it's, these people that are temporaries that didn't get the opportunity to transfer, I feel feel real bad for you. Feel real bad for you because you got laid off and didn't get the opportunity to transfer, or you were working and you were still temporary, didn't get the opportunity to transfer. That's wrong. You should have had your seniority in 90 days. So you're going to do that. Okay, you're going to give them a pension and health care and retirement. You're going to give them a wage of 2% AIF, and you're going to uh, AIF and a full wage of 3% every year. Annual improvement factor deals with the production processes becoming better and better over the years. Walter Ruther said it's 2% annually. Okay, it's probably escalated since then. Okay, and we're going to get into another thing here in a second, but it's probably escalated since since then because of technology as it's, it's just you know going leaps and bounds ahead so it's just an interesting thing that's going on but for the retirees you're going to give them uh, their uh, cola ketchup you're going to protect their pensions that language is coming out that's a pension protection act in our agreement that's got to go and any relief of the corporation, of future pension, has got to go. Okay? If market goes down, you've got to put money in. You took money out on the way up, at least by my calculations, what I've seen. I swear to it on a stack of Bibles, I saw that $18 billion non-auto-related revenue. General Motors for the year 2012, I saw it in January 2013. Parouse those files on a lot of companies, when I ran across that, I'm going, holy shit, how the hell did they make $18 billion? Never hit the floor, never hit the profit 
bottom you know, bottom line profit. So, and then you need to get behind a corporation, the UAW and the corporations need to get behind this whole idea that we have a point of manufacture and the rest of the world's a point of sale, and they got to fix that through the government. They got to get together, the two of you, GM and our leadership need to get together and fix that and simply just charge their corp their sales tax because that's what the point of sale is at our border because they send it over here with none on it and they're dumping all their products so you charge their sales tax and then send it back to them or as i said in the, the, the one document just we put a 21 22 billion dollar penalty on it right now because our trade deficit multiplied by the 10-year Treasury bill monthly equals our $22 billion or $22 trillion trade deficit. So that's what you're going to do. There's a lot of other things you're going to look into. A lot of those are the big resolutions, the ones that are bothering people and the membership. The ones that are good for membership. But you're supposed to be representing us, not the corporation. And when you sign that, if you don't unsign it, all hell's going to break loose. If you don't rescind that, Gary Jones, if it's if it's in place, and it's circumstantial evidence that it is, if you don't rescind it or show us that it's not present, then you, sir, are disingenuous, okay? And you're not operating in the benefit of the membership. Of course, some of the LETC money that we have documentation of in 2011 and 12, where you got, well, you didn't, but the president and the treasurer at the time, 2011 and 12, got approximately $30,000 each for two years from an LETC single. One, there's 54 of them. We have one in every state, including Utah, where we don't have a membership presence. Skip Hanline has presented that to us. So do your job. And everybody needs to be on the president to rescind that dead peasant's insurance authority. If you want to make a difference, if you really want to make a difference when you're at convention, tell them, change that, fix it now. I'm going to tell you something, you better do it. You better do it because you won't like the outcome if you don't. You see, there's a thing called bargaining in bad faith. And it's not just in the agreement. It's the activities that a union officer does. And you're allowing them to take a lot of money out of the revenue stream that ought to be ours. Fix it. I'm telling you, fix it. You ain't going to like it if you don't. I told them. I told them Lee Lordstown alone, look what happened. They're being There's people considering treason on them. They haven't taken it up yet, but they're considering it. I told them, leave them alone. Now I'm telling you, you fix that damn thing. 
and if you don't, you're not going to like it. Just like GM ain't liking what I've been doing about treason. Gary Jones, if you don't do it, there's going to be hell to pay for you and those around you. So having said that, um, uh, Jeff, you got any comments on that? Well, you're correct. They have to follow the Constitution where it describes what their responsibilities are. The preamble, the objects. Um, they haven't been doing that the last few contracts. They need to start. They need to start. Yep. They need to get their act together. We know the FBI is looking into that, but let's work. Let's let the FBI do its work, but there's people that need to be doing something during this negotiations because the pie is bigger than what we were told last time, and we need to get that pie back to where it's supposed to be. Uh, so as you see, it's important for us uh, to hold them to account, but at the same time support our bargaining team. Okay? It's important that we support them on all levels. We do have a caller out here. Uh, in, the, in the switchboard, uh, so I'd like to bring on this caller. I think uh, this you might find this uh, person familiar from last week. Uh, I'm going to uh, bring him on. Hopefully he's listening close to the phone so he can uh, uh, come on and add a little two cents to whatever's been said here this evening. Tom, Tom Albright, welcome to the show this evening. Uh, thank you very much, Leroy and uh, Jeff. Thanks, uh I uh, find this show very, very interesting tonight, and uh, I uh, think you left one thing out, though, that's pretty important, too, and near and dear to most folks' hearts out there, is that uh, another high priority that we need to shoot for in this uh, coming uh, contract year is guaranteed product for American plants. No no more of this unallocated bullcrap. Uh, no more language that's not enforceable. We need meaningful language in regards to uh, protect all our members at all our plants, not just Lordstown or Hamtramck, because tomorrow, as a lesson to be learned from what Jerry Diaz and uh, the folks up at Ingersoll and, and the union up there in Canada experienced uh, two two years ago, we could see this coming through that strike, that very lengthy strike up there, where they just wanted simple language where they would be the lead plant for uh, for the Equinox, and they couldn't get that language. Uh, this product going down south, down to Mexico and, and into China, I don't think people really realize what damage this could do to us with them having the ability down there to ship 700,000 uh, a million units a year back up north into America where American people will be buying this and our people will be out on the street. Uh, I think that's, that language needs to be addressed up most. And uh, I hope people, over what I listen to you here, it's an eye-opener, my friend. It's an eye-opener. And I hope they're taking notes here going forward and looking for things that are associated with what you just spoke of to make sure that language has been stricken from the agreement or added, whatever whatever case may be. And 
Don't vote for an agreement. The bottom line is don't place the blame other than on yourself because you didn't do your homework. Our membership decides these agreements, and if they don't, something's really rotten in Denmark, so to speak. I mean, we're the final authority on this agreement the way I understand the Constitution's written. If I'm wrong, I I have to be uh, criticized or corrected. Out here at this time, to bash one another as union brothers and sisters is wrong. We need to stand together and fight for these things that we need, and we need to forcefully express our views to our leadership. This is what we need today, and we need to support every UAW member across this country. I had a, a, a person talk to me the other day about Lordstown, and I told that individual. Lordstown is not the only one being affected here. We're all in this together because it's us today and it's somebody else tomorrow. And if we don't join together and stop this infighting, we ain't going to get anything accomplished. We need to come together as true UAW members. You mentioned it in your opening statement with Brother Green and that wheel out there. I don't know if people know this or not. He got a call an hour and a half to two hours before this happened, and he sent an I-Union message and got over 250 people to show up and 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 make that that wheel out there for that young lady that was flying over in a helicopter. It, it's amazing what we can do together if we stay together. And I'll tell you what, a number of those people that stood in that wheel did not vote for Dave Green. But they realize that he's the leader now, and we need to support him. The same thing goes right up the line to the to the lowest seniority person that we have in all our plants to the highest. And I agree with you 100%. We all need to be treated equal, and we need to finalize that in this agreement where we're once again, all the spokes in that wheel are treated alike. We need to take notes, folks, when we're listening to programs like this. And listen to people, take the notes. If you don't see the language and you see a lot of money, chances are you want to vote no on that agreement. That's right. That's right. If we don't get what we talked about here on this show tonight, and they can pay for it, they can pay for it, absolutely can pay for it. One stroke of the pen on our side of the aisle pays for it. One stroke of the pen and stops the corporate greed by the leadership of the corporations. We can pay well, wouldn't you agree? If we don't, wouldn't if you we don't agree, get it, Leroy? all hell's going to break loose. Go ahead. Wouldn't you agree, Leroy, that we need to stop this, this bull crap with them allocating our product overseas? We need to start thinking about an American worker. And I don't, know, I don't, I don't just mean we as the union and the, the upper levels of, uh, of the union – I think our government officials need to do more and be more proactive in that regard. And I, I believe that little thing you're talking about as far as uh, having uh, the Congress or, or the, the states or whatever that little thing was, uh, look into uh, the language as it applies to corporations. Now they want to be called citizens. Uh, corporate greed and conspiring with the enemy, I don't know. I think we're at a trade war right now with the with the Chinese, aren't we? Uh, I, I mean, wouldn't that apply? Looking at that language and seeing how we could apply that. Right. Well, that that was a request for legislative review to see if corporations are 
there's legislation, or I'm sorry, statutory law that applies to corporations with regard to treason. And quite frankly, that you know, as, as I read it, and I, you know, it's in common, ordinary language, uh, it's it doesn't, it's non-existent, and that's in that uh, the uh, document that I was uh, able to put together uh, in December. Uh, but uh, we can't second guess. This isn't a time for second guessing about what's happened in the past. We have to recognize it and be aware of it. But like you said, corporations need to be held to account by us and the federal government, state and local government, because they're asking for monies all the time to keep work in their locale. And these corporations are making billions that are not going to the you know, the, the the corporation, but rather being siphoned off by the leadership of the corporation. And, it's, I mean, they were going to make that illegal once, one time before, that, that whole dead peasants insurance. So when the, court, when, the, when the state of Ohio wants to give them money, they'll just siphon that money off for, their, for themselves, okay? So this is, yeah, this I would. Is, you know, yeah, this, is, this is just wrong all the way around. And there's one guy that can stop it all. Okay, that kind of dead peasant stuff. So, but yeah, the, that that whole treason thing—that's, uh, you know, we were privileged enough to to write that, and a lot of people. I mean, we've had almost a thousand downloads of that across the nation uh, from our website. And I'm going to tell you something—it's getting traction, a lot of traction, because you're seeing it from the legislatures. Uh, they actually said that they uh, were we're taking a look at it. Uh, and then the petitions from the CA, CAW, CWA, I'm sorry, and the UAW. There was another one too, but that's just ours. Uh, yes. to by the, means so that's that's important. By stuff. the way, it's it, it, it's it's getting very interesting. I I went on a little trip, as you know, uh, last right. week and uh, about the middle of the week, and uh, I think you've I'm got my report right. back on. Yeah, I right. think you got my report back on what was going on. And the way this thing's shaking out here, uh, I don't think it's only going to be uh, the UAW involved. Uh, it could be a very interesting late summer uh, into the fall type of situation here. Uh, it, it, it drastically increased the number of people. 62% are for unions now. Uh, since this current administration has taken office uh, uh, down in Washington, that they believe that the only fairness that we can expect for anybody out there in the workforce, whether you're union or not, is to join a union. And and that's a good sign. It really is a good sign. I think we're making a step forward. But if you read that report, I think it's reflective in that report that I sent back. And it was an interesting day. I appreciate the, the – uh, uh, well, uh, trip, but uh, try to give me a little more headway when you when you want me to go someplace. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like two hours. <laughs> I don't know, you, yeah. you, we talked at to a little around ten o'clock, and you you had to get out by three. Yeah, if it was. so. Yeah, yeah but well, thanks for going. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I can I can get out faster out of Akron Canton now and, instead of going clear to Pittsburgh. So, <laughs> and the yeah. flights are cheaper. So, all right, buddy. Uh, that's Thank all you. I got to say, and I, I'm glad you had me on. I, I didn't know whether you'd see the press uh, when I called in, whether you've seen me on the switchboard or not. But uh, 
I do appreciate what you allow me to do as a retiree. And, and Jeff, you mentioned it at the beginning of the show. I think we're working harder now running around the country investigating all this stuff in regards to trying to help our union brothers and sisters out here, and I hope it's helpful. I don't know, but uh, we're going to do our best. And uh, God bless every union yeah. God bless every union brother and sister out there. Whether they agree with us or not, that's not the point here. The exchange of ideas is healthy, but we don't want to get into arguments. We want to get to a point in, uh, where we all sit down at a table, exchange ideas, and do what's right for everybody, not just an individual or a couple of us. We need to do what's right. And I am uh, in full support of whatever my uh, I, I, I don't get to vote for my bargaining unit anymore, and uh, we're trying to straighten out our our uh, retirees group uh, for the executive board. But uh, I, I really support every one of those guys because their job is uh, you're never going to make everybody happy. And, and you know that, Leroy. You served in various capacities with the union in the past, and, and uh, you just got to keep a happy face on and listen. And when you listen to those folks, 50% may be BS, 50% may be something you can help somebody with. So it's it's a good to have the exchange of words. And if somebody was out there calling you, uh, you're, you jumped on the train, that's further from the truth, believe me, because I've known you. Yeah. Yeah. You've known me a pretty long while. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. <laughs> well, when you, you see them, you call them like it is, and... <laughs> If people don't agree with you, so be it. But uh, that's the way it is there. We need to be a union now, and uh, we'll, we'll see uh, what happens down the road here. And hopefully the people do the right thing, do their homework, look at these agreements, uh, sift through the bullshit. And uh, like you said, I know we can do a hell of a lot better than we did with the last three agreements. They sure, certainly didn't benefit our members. That's for damn sure. And uh, we, I'll let you get back to your program. Have. I just... Huh? Well, thanks, thanks, Tom. We we can pay for whatever we ask for tonight. We just got to one of our members to yeah. go ahead and do the right thing there. Uh, but yeah, thanks yeah. for your input on the, the job security there too, Tom. Uh, you know, kind of we were remiss in, in not mentioning that. Of course, it's fresh in your yeah, that's your world because you know you retiree from Lordstown there. So uh, yeah. all right. Well, you know, thanks for being on the show tonight. Every, by the way. We got a, a lot of comments. We didn't put them in the emails. We got a lot of comments, uh, you know, around the neighborhood, if you would, uh, about the last week's show with you and Mo Ray on it, and everybody really liked how that went and that flowed in support of the Lordstown team down there and and uh, what's going on there in the Lordstown, Youngstown, Warren area. So uh, thank you for being Fair. on last week and this week as well. Anytime you can get Mo, Mo Ray on your show, uh, it's going to be a plus for everybody. I mean, uh, what a super guy he is, great union guy, uh, and uh, he's uh, very knowledgeable in a lot of areas, even though he said he, he didn't know some things. I think we learn every day. I don't think there's a day that doesn't go by we learn something. Once you say you know it all, you're in trouble, buddy. So, hey, you and Jeff, have a great evening, and I'm going to sit back and listen. Uh I hope I added something here tonight, but if I didn't, I didn't. But I I spoke what I felt was necessary in regards to getting rid of this language in here where we make sure our our plants are full before we look for any place else to allocate product. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Thanks, Tom.
Thanks for everything yep. you do uh, off, uh, off the air, too. You're really working hard Thanks. out there. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Uh, so you make Jeff, it happen, bro- brother. <laughs> well, not just me. It's it's an effort. It's a team effort. You know how that works. Right. But, uh, we, yep. we throw some ideas out now, and then people run with them or not. So, yep. uh, Jeff, okay. you got anything Take else? Take care. Thank you. No. Yep. Tom, Tom did a good job. We need some type of job security language in the contracts. So I agree with him. Okay, Jeff, uh, we're about an hour and 20 minutes. You got anything to say in closing comments? No, I think I might take a trip down to downtown Detroit a couple of days to check out the uh, convention. But uh, other than that, everybody have a good weekend. A good week. Okay, what's left of it, right? Good week, right? I'd say the same thing. Just have a good week, folks. I want to thank the listeners, uh, the special, well, everybody on the show this evening. Uh, I want to thank all the listeners, uh, you know, worldwide, uh, Canada, Mexico, uh, union and non-union here in the United States. Thank you, and uh, God bless each and every one of you around the world, here at home, and uh, have a safe and healthy week coming up. Good night, Jeff. Good night, listeners. Good night, Leroy. Good night, everyone.